You are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. Today is January 12th, 2023, and this is a special edition of Lighthearted. We're going to hear an interview with Jen Lewis of the Point Cabrillo Lightkeepers Association in California about some damage that was done there about a week ago by some incredibly big waves. Because this episode is so timely, I want to get it online as soon as possible, so I'm flying solo with no co-host this time. Point Cabrillo is in Northern California, about midway between San Francisco and the border with Oregon. In 1908, an octagonal lighthouse tower was built with an integral fog signal building and an attractive structure that's built of local redwood and Douglas fir. Three dwellings were also erected for the keepers and their families. The lantern was fitted with a third-order Fresnel lens created by Chance Brothers of England. It's one of only three British-built lenses still in use in the United States. Today, Point Cabrillo Light Station is a California State Historic Park. The nonprofit Point Cabrillo Lightkeepers Association manages and interprets the site. A museum and gift shop are open daily, and there's an aquarium and marine science exhibit in another light station building. Two of the former keepers' houses and two smaller buildings are open for overnight stays. Sometime before 8 a.m. on the morning of January 5th, Point Cabrillo Lighthouse was hit by at least one massive wave that broke open the back doors and flooded the interior of the lighthouse gift shop and museum. There was significant damage to museum displays, exhibits, and gift shop items. The park and lighthouse are closed as the cleanup continues. Jen Lewis, the fundraising and outreach manager for the Point Cabrillo Lightkeepers Association, was on the site shortly after the damage was done. U.S. Lighthouse Society Executive Director Jeff Gales and I had the opportunity to speak with Jen via Zoom yesterday, so let's listen to that conversation now. I'm speaking this afternoon with Jen Lewis, who is the fundraising and outreach manager for the Point Cabrillo Lightkeepers Association in Northern California. Jen has been on the podcast before. Uh, And also joining us is Jeff Gales, executive director of the U.S. Lighthouse Society. Thank you so much for being with me, Jen. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me. We're happy to be spreading the word about everything that's been happening over here at the Lighthouse. Yeah, well, it's a fantastic place, and I wish we had some happy stories to tell right now about what's been going on there lately. Unfortunately, there's some not-so-happy stories uh, that have been in the news, so I'm sure a lot of our listeners will know about this. But first of all, Jen, can you tell us what happened on the morning of January 5th? And part two of that question is, how did you personally find out about it? Totally, totally. So the morning of January 5th, uh, the lighthouse was hit with a series of waves that crashed through our back doors and flooded the interior of the gift shop and the museum out at the Point Cabrillo Lighthouse. Um, We have been having some pretty intense storms over here on the West Coast, um, but we had no idea that the swell was going to get to that level It was projected to be a lot less than what it ended up being and uh, definitely got some rogue waves that that knocked out um, our back doors there. 
So for myself, I um, I woke up on the morning of January 5th and I had planned on heading straight into the light station because I knew it was going to be a beautiful stormy day and I wanted to get some cool wave pictures. Um, but then I ended up getting a phone call from our alarm company at right around 830. And um, I answered the phone and they said, hey, there's uh, there's movement on the west side of the lighthouse. Do you want us to call the police? And I knew I knew pretty immediately um, it wasn't it wasn't going to be someone smashing through our back windows. It was going mm -hmm. to be the ocean smashing through our back doors. So I quickly ran over to the lighthouse, got there about 840, 845. Um, and the state parks maintenance team was actually on site already at the time. They were just doing the rounds with all the state parks in the area because we have so many coastal parks, most of which have been closed the past week because of the intense waves. Um, and yeah, they had already they had already seen uh, what had happened. So they were they were walking around and um, I came in and disabled the alarm. And then pretty quickly I went straight upstairs because, of course, our beautiful third order Fresnel lens was one of my top priorities. So ran up the stairs to check on the lens. Everything was great with the lens. Totally fine. It was not hurt in any way by the waves. Uh, but while I was up there another set of waves came rolling in and I was like, well, let me just get out my phone to record this since I'm probably in the safest spot in the lighthouse I could possibly be. And then while I was recording those waves, um, they came up onto the bluffs and then I heard the state parks folks down below me screaming, don't come down, don't come down, stay up there. Wow. And, uh, and I did. And uh, the, the lighthouse was swamped once again and the waves went all the way through to the front doors. Um, and probably probably took a good chunk of our gift shop product out to sea with it with that one. So so yeah, definitely definitely a big surprise. It was not not what I had been hoping to see arriving at the light station on Thursday morning. Um, but we have had an incredible team of volunteers that has just put in so much hard work over the last week. It's it's impressive to to really realize how strong of a community you have around you when something like this happens. Were you able to record the on your phone or whatever the uh, wave action that hit while you were in the lantern room? Yeah, yeah, I uh, I recorded the the start of it, and then once I heard them screaming downstairs, I got a little freaked out, and so I stopped <laughs> recording before it actually hit the lighthouse. Um, but it's a it's a pretty impressive video of those waves just barreling towards our cliffs. Um, we sit about 50 feet over nominal sea level, so it's pretty impressive wave action that that actually hits the lighthouse. Could you give uh, the listeners an idea about the about the terrain and about how unusual it may have been for a wave to, I mean, a wave to uh, crest over 50 feet and still have enough strength to take out your right downstairs that's pretty amazing can you it give us a lay of the land yeah 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 so so the lighthouse itself uh sits on about 50 feet above nominal sea level um so we were at high tide that morning right around 9 15 i believe um but it wasn't even i mean it wasn't we're not even technically in king tides right now i think it was like six 
uh, around a six foot high tide. And, and yeah, so we, we set, we sit pretty far back from the actual cliff. And then there's all these rocks out in front of the cliff as well. So for myself, I've been, you know, I've been here at the lighthouse for six and a half years. Um, I have seen waves that hit those cliffs and you feel the spray of them, but that is the extent that I have ever experienced out here to, so to see those waves like that was, was absolutely terrifying. I just had no idea we could ever even experience those kinds of waves. We, we do have a little history with it, of course, mm-hmm. but, but seeing that myself was, um, very, it was breathtaking. It was beautiful, but really, really scary. <laughs> right. Yeah, it can be beautiful and scary at the same time, for sure. Uh, so as you just mentioned, there is some historical precedence for this kind of thing. Is that right? Does this happen before in history? Yeah. So since the lighthouse was first constructed in um, 1909, we have two other instances of waves breaking through the doors on the backside of the lighthouse. Uh, one of them was Christmas Eve, 1928. Um, same kind of thing, just waves that push through those back doors. We don't have a lot of information on whether it broke the back windows as well, but it flooded the interior of that first floor once again, which is the fog signal building. Um, And then again, in February of 1960, uh, we had another set of waves that that broke through those back doors, also broke one of our windows and completely flooded the fog signal equipment in there once again. Wow. Um, so we have two instances in the past 114 or three, three now, I'm sorry, in the past 114 years. Right. Well, let's hope you don't have, have any more. I shouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Yeah. So if I could just clarify something, you mentioned uh, the state parks personnel earlier. Point Cabrillo Light Station is a California state park, right? But there's also a nonprofit organization, which you work for, that manages things there. Can you just explain a little bit about how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a California State Historic Park. So the 300 acres of Point Cabrillo Light Station is owned by California State Parks. And then I work for the nonprofit, the Point Cabrillo Light Keepers Association, which is the group that manages the maintenance and education out there at the light station. Um, so we're the folks that uh, that have the volunteers in the gift shop. Uh, we run the vacation rentals out there at Point Cabrillo. And we also are responsible for all the museum exhibits and displays. Um, So that's definitely one of the biggest things from the wave damage was it just completely ripped all of our museum displays off off the walls and right onto the floor and covered in ocean water. Um, So that's going to be one of our biggest tasks along with, you know, just the regular gift shop product that that got a little soggy out there. But yeah, we have those two entities. And we also, of course, have the Coast Guard because we still have our Fresnel lens. Um, and so the Coast Guard is another one of the important pieces of our light station. Yeah, your Fresnel lens is actually activated navigation, isn't it? It is. Yeah, we uh, we recently had um, our motor fail on the Fresnel lens. Uh, so the, the motor that turns our lens, um, it has actually been in operation since the late 1930s, I believe, and finally decided it was done. Uh, so we currently have a team that's working on on the motor so that we can get the Fresnel lens back up and running again. So that happened right at the end of December. So just within a week of the wave damage, our motor had already failed upstairs. Um, But even when we are, even when the Fresnel lens is out of operation, we do have a backup beacon. So even in the midst of it, we are still a federal aid to navigation. Yeah, you mentioned uh, some of the historical waves that hit Point Cabrillo. 
but has anybody like you been in the lantern room when a wave hit? Is that unprecedented? And if it is, how did you feel? What were you, what were your, you said you were freaked out a little bit. What were your emotions? What were you thinking as you were realizing a wave's going to hit and you're stuck up in there in the lantern room? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure about, about the other dates. Um, for the 1928 one, I would guess that the light keepers would have been up there because it was an evening when the when the waves hit. And uh, so I would guess that they would have been in the lantern room at the time. As for the 1961, Bill Owens, who was our head keeper at that time, actually, um, they decided to abandon the lighthouse because the waves were getting so big that day. And so as that story goes from 1960, they said um, as they were heading back up to the light keepers residences, they looked behind them and saw the flash from the lighthouse illuminate a wave that was heading over the top of the lens room itself which is insane to think about that not, I don't believe that's uh, what the waves looked like the um, on January 5th, although, you know, it, anything could have happened before we got there. Um, so, so yeah, I, um, when I was up there, my emotions, I don't even know how to describe them because just arriving on the scene, first of all, uh, state of shock immediately, because as much as I, wanted to believe that that maybe just a rock had thrown through a blown through a back window um, i didn't really realize the extent of of what would happen in there and to just walk into this you know this building that i've spent so much time in <laughs> and just see everything everywhere and mud piled up so high and gravel and rocks um, throughout the building was definitely crazy but seeing those waves barrel towards the lighthouse i mean I, it's really hard to describe because for me, my biggest thing is like the Fresnel lens is such an important piece of our station. And so to be standing next to it as I'm seeing this wave come at us was just unreal to think that any more damage could happen to, to this lighthouse that we all love so much. But, but yeah, there's no, I, I really can't describe any of my feelings from January 5th other than just shock. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I might still be, <laughs> I'm still operating mostly on adrenaline as are most of the volunteers who have been there every day since. <laughs> yeah. Um, so have you completely assessed the damage yet? Have you been able to? You know, we haven't assessed um, the damage to the extent that we have numbers yet. Mm -hmm. um, so we we have done a lot of work in separating out um, you know, gift shop product that is not salvageable, stuff that can be saved, um, stuff that is perfectly fine. So we're we're doing a pretty good job of getting all that apart. And then basically every single item in the gift shop, we're unbolting from the walls, we're, we're lifting up off the ground so that everything can just dry out. Um, because the biggest thing for us is just we don't want to have to be dealing with mold in another month. Um, so we're drying out the lighthouse so much right now. Um, but as for the for the damage, um, the biggest thing is definitely going to be completely redoing all of our museum displays because those were those were affected very heavily. And then um, and then, of course, a huge loss in the actual gift shop product and state parks will be taking care of the repair on the doors themselves. Um, so that's nice. That's not going to be um, on the nonprofits dollar. 
Um, but yeah, there's definitely, definitely a lot that's going to have to happen. We don't have any idea of when we're going to be able to, to be back open. Um, the entire park for now is still closed because there is still such extreme weather. I mean, trees are coming down every day. I don't think there's been a day in the last week that we haven't lost power at least once um, throughout the Mendocino coast right now. Um, so there's, there's a lot to do. Yeah. I was going to ask you how the weather's been since then. And I know it's been pr- almost consistently awful. <laughs> it yeah. has. It's been interesting because it'll pour, pour, pour. And we just expect, you know, I mean, looking at my forecast, we've still got another straight week of rain. But just the other day, gosh, I think it was two days ago, we suddenly had the sun break through. The wind stopped. It was this absolutely <laughs> glorious, beautiful day. And we're, you know, finally like able to walk to and from our cars, like carrying all this muddy stuff, you know, because we're unloading the lighthouse in this pouring rain and it's all blowing sideways into our faces. Um, so yeah, storm is not over yet. We've still got some time uh, before before the storm is going to really be over. But but thankfully, the the back doors are um, the plywood that we put up on the back is going to hold in case anything else were to happen. This is actually, you said the storm, we're not actually talking about a series of storms over the last couple of weeks, right? It's all one big storm system, is that correct? One big storm system, yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot about the specifics of it, but um, this has been consistent since, gosh, I think it really it really started up on the night of the 4th. That's when I really noticed the super heavy rains, but it's been since the beginning of the year. And historically, the Mendocino coast does get a ton of rain this time of year. Um, But this is pretty this is pretty different than it's looked for for any year that I've lived here, for sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How are things where you where you live? Is that is your home okay? Home is okay. Yep. Home is good. Uh, Got a generator. So every time the the power goes out, it comes right back on. So I feel very lucky. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely just drying out boots every time I come inside because it is uh, it's not stopping coming down. I'm looking out the window right now and seeing just a lot more rain blowing sideways. I'm just looping back to what your experience was in the lantern room and just watching a wave so big that it's cresting over 50 feet. I mean, I can't even imagine what I would be thinking. I mean, I would be fearing for my life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah terror terror yeah. was it a, was it a series of waves at the lighthouse while you were up there or was it just one big one that that wave when i was upstairs was one big one so i saw i saw it roll in and then i saw it hit the cliff and then at that point i was like should i be standing next to this three ton lens <laughs> made of glass when this wave hit. So I was about to head down to the next floor. And then I'm hearing the state parks guys on the first floor yelling, don't come down. And so I'm just kind of like in this in-between point. <laughs> yeah, like, frozen. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not sure what my next move is. Meanwhile, the state parks guys, are they, do you watching them running for their lives? Well, they, were actually, they were inside the building. Um, so that was actually a really dangerous spot for them to be because at that point, um, you know, obviously the back doors are wide open. So when it came when it came in, they rushed towards the the east side of the lighthouse and scurried up to the second floor so that they could get out of the way. Um, by the time it hit, you know, the 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 front door, it wasn't it wasn't as powerful. But um, but yeah, it was. It was, it was something. Boy, 
going. Yeah. But there were no more waves of that magnitude after that, right? That's so right. You had, yes. you had at least one before that. So you had at mm-hmm. least two two waves that actually hit the building. At least. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to say. I wish I wish we could know entirely because mm-hmm. the one that hit when I was up there, it didn't it didn't seem to have as much force. Like it would it seems so crazy to me that any wave hitting the lighthouse could break through those doors. Um, but the one that I saw seemed less so than the ones that must have come earlier, because mm-hmm. when you see, I mean, gosh, walking, walking in the back door was way up against the east side of the building. And it was just like shattered and mangled. And then, you know, our model ship exhibit that just completely tipped over and just glass everywhere. But everything really was pushed up against the west side walls. And so you just have to think about like how much power that was. We have a a cannon in there that's from the wreck of the 1850, um, 1850 shipwreck of the frolic. And that cannon weighs about 1,100 pounds on its own. And it was pushed up against the other side. It's just, it's just amazing to think of the force of the ocean. A really, really good reminder to not turn your back on the ocean. <laughs> yeah. I always think of the quote by a lighthouse keeper, Kate Moore, who was in Bridgeport, Connecticut in the 1800s, who said, the sea is a treacherous friend. That's, that's how <laughs> yes. I think of it all the time. Exactly. We love it, but you gotta you gotta respect it for sure. For sure. Uh, so, the, the more, I'm sorry. I'm just saying that uh, the more and more we have uh, issues with global warming and what's happening with the environment, the faster these types of the events are happening. Even where where our headquarters at Point No Point in Washington, we had extreme flooding, and I didn't expect to see that type of flooding for many years to come but it's happening much quicker than we all thought, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the the biggest things that happened that I didn't even realize until a couple of days after the, um, after the initial day um, was it took a chunk out of our cliff. I mean, it looks, I mean, it's, we're pretty far from the actual cliff to to the actual lighthouse itself. But when I walked up to the cliff on a, once we finally got a calm day, I mean, a good five feet was just gone. Like you could just see how much it had torn off of that side. So the lighthouse is closer to the ocean than it than it ever has been before. Um, so so it's definitely something that we're going to be preparing for um, is we're probably going to see a lot more storms like this. And now that we're a little bit closer and we're going to get a little closer with each storm. Approximately how close is it to the end, edge of the bluff at this point? Gosh, it's so it's it's hard to say. I'm really bad at at um, at numbers like that. It's got to be at least like 30 feet from the bluff. Mm-hmm. 20 to 30. Feet. That's not much. That's it's really not, not much. much. There is a lot of like the rocks outside, uh, you know, so that's just to the actual cliff and then the rock um, plate that we have right outside. Um, but yeah, we're we're getting we're getting real close. <laughs> Keep in mind, Jen, that uh, you have a lot of really usable, a lot of usable land on your station, and if uh, engineers can move Cape Hatteras, the tallest right. lighthouse in the country, they can move your little Point Cabrillo a few feet back. It shouldn't be a big problem. Absolutely, it's definitely something that we talked about in our last meeting with state parks, um, because that's that's going to be a conversation to have someday and. Not necessarily today. We're more more focused on cleanup at the moment, but but mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's one aspect. And then also we have two two coves encroaching on either side of the walkway down to the lighthouse between the lightkeepers' houses and the lighthouse itself. 
Um, and when you look at it from the air, you can see it just getting closer and closer year by year to the point where the lighthouse is potentially going to be on an island. So there's just, you know, there's a lot to think about. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a lot on the horizon for sure. You mentioned that state parks is going to replace the the doors that were smashed and that's facing the ocean. But your organization, the nonprofit, uh, the Point Cabrillo uh, Lightkeepers Association, uh, is going to have is, is uh, lost a lot as well. So that's going to be expensive for the nonprofit. And I'm wondering, is there a way people can donate to help out with that? Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. So the, the Lighthouse nonprofit will be responsible for replacing all of our museum displays. So that is going to be that's going to be a big task for sure, as well as, um, you know, the thousands of dollars of, of gift shop inventory that was lost um, in that moment. Um, the best way to donate is definitely through our website. If you go to pointcabrillo.org, um, there's a link to our PayPal there, and you can donate really quickly through through that PayPal link. Um, we haven't set up an official like fundraising page because we really wanted to get more specific numbers. Um, but every every bit now it makes such a difference. I mean, it's all it's all going to go right back into into repair out here, museum displays, and taking care of all of that. So uh, we definitely appreciate any support that anyone feels um, compelled to give. Is there any way that uh, we or the general general public can see some of the photos you? or the video you took of the uh, the waves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually, I just posted on our Instagram and on our Facebook pages this morning, a comparison video um, that shows a, a beautiful calm night in November um, and then contrasted with uh, the morning of January 5th. Um, so if you head over to our Instagram page, it's just at Point Cabrillo, P-O-I-N-T-C-A-B-R-I-L-L-O. Or if you search for Point Cabrillo on Facebook, then it, it'll be uh, one of the last ones I posted. And you sent me a bunch of pictures and video. I, I will post uh, some with the, the post of this uh, podcast episode on the Perfect. USLHS news blog as well. Awesome. Uh, just uh, amazing stuff. Uh, so you mentioned the lighthouse is closed for now. Uh, any prognosis that's pretty, probably pretty hard to say as to when it might, <laughs> might reopen, right? Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, we are doing a great job of drying everything out. So we're definitely getting to the point. Um, we put some books back on shelves yesterday. I felt like a huge accomplishment. Um, it's probably, we're, we're definitely going to have the lighthouse itself closed at least through the end of January. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully uh, by early February, we'll be able to be open in some capacity, um, maybe not necessarily necessarily you know with all the museum displays that we want to have in there because uh, that's going to take some time but we're hoping to be to be back up and running in some capacity by february and then um the park itself once once this storm is at a at a better level at a safer level with not so many trees coming down then we'll have the park itself open and we'll we'll have you know the farmhouse in the parking lot and the first assistant lightkeepers house museum and our marine science exhibit open um, but that'll probably be another week or so before they open up the park so out here this has had to happen at least it happened during a relatively slow time for <laughs> totally honestly i was having that exact conversation i'm like well January is, uh, is, you know, that's when we get our fewest visitors. So if any month it was going to happen, why not this one? <laughs> and you, could, you could look at the glasses half full and 
now you get to have a nice fresh revamp of your museum and uh, update everything and absolutely so and you know there's a there's a there's a silver lining if you look there at for it. sure is and that's honestly it's something we've been talking about the board of directors has talked about this for like the last year about how much we wanted to update the museum display so i guess the ocean just decided to speed up that process yeah. for us <laughs> and we're gonna have a whole exhibit on uh on the big waves at point Campeo and uh january 5th is gonna be on there <laughs> Good. Uh, Jeff, you mentioned to me that the USLHS actually has an item on loan, I think, in, in the museum there. Uh, yeah, clockworks. Clockworks. yeah, but uh, Jen, yeah, we so we have a, a classical clockwork mechanism that was installed 15 plus years ago, but it was installed in such a way where it wasn't on a pedestal and it was mounted against the wall. And Jen has already confirmed that it's in good order. So we're we're happy about that, but uh, <laughs> we still might need to have somebody come and take a look at it because you had so much uh, uh, salt water intrusion. Yeah, just that moisture level uh, might affect the the artifact, so we might have to send somebody out there. But mm -hmm. um, that's for another day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're thankful. I mean, it's it's right by the front door, so it's on the farthest east side of the building. And when we look at, you know, the mud along the walls there, the water didn't come up nearly as high in that room. So thankfully that that piece of equipment was totally fine. And yeah. uh, honestly, most of the, the important stuff that we have in there got saved in one way or another, whether by resting on a, on a shelf or um, or being pushed into a certain corner. Most of our like really important artifacts and exhibits in there um, made it through. That's Most, you said, but were there any really historic, important artifacts that were damaged badly not, or lost? Uh, not historic, but we are very sad because one of our beautiful model ships that we have in there, the Doris, um, did take a tumble and its glass case uh, completely shattered. And of course, the model ship is the helm, the, the bottom is totally fine, but all the little bits up top, you know, those beautiful model ships. Um, so it's, it, it's, it needs a little work. It's possible that it might come back together. It was a, a model of the Doris, which was a, a dog hole schooner that um, brought logs up and down uh, the coastline. And uh, we would love to continue to have it in our museum. So we're hoping to get it repaired. But thankfully, the model ship that we have of the Frolic, which was the 1850 shipwreck, um, that one slid all the way to another part of the room and came off of its off of its pedestal, but somehow lodged itself along our little snack bar where we have all of our little like chocolates and trail mix and things like that. And that held it up. Like when I came in and saw that it was still standing, I was like, oh, thank God we got we got the frolic still. <laughs> that yeah. would have been a huge loss for sure. I saw the damaged ship model. I think you can see it in the photograph that's appeared in some of the newspapers and so forth. Mm -hmm. You can see the case on its side and everything. Yep. So <laughs> definitely saw that. Uh, I was looking at the website earlier today and I saw that there's a VR tour of the, the interior of the, the building before yeah. the wave, before. obviously. <laughs> Uh, but yes. that's pretty cool. If people want to check that out, go to pointcabrio.org and uh, look for the, the VR tour. I thought it was Absolutely. Really yeah, it's a really cool, it's a really cool tour. It takes you all the way through the museum, through the gift shop too. And you can actually zoom in and read all the displays that we have in there. We have a, a similar one for our first assistant lightkeepers house museum as well. And it's just really cool to see what it what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Another thing I saw on the website that I thought was extremely cool being a, a coffee aficionado, Lighthouse Keepers Blend Coffee with, I think, Point Cabrillo Lighthouse on the packaging, I believe. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Um, that's a local coffee company that we have here on the Mendocino Coast called Thanksgiving Coffee Company. Um, they're a really cool brand. They've been around since 1972, I believe. And they do uh, a lot of cause coffees with local organizations. And so they created us a little Lightkeepers Blend coffee and they they sell it through their website, uh, thanksgivingcoffee.com. Um, and we also usually sell it in the gift shop, uh, but we won't be doing that for a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think I saw some like 25% of the profits go back to the lighthouse. That's that right. It? That's right. Yeah. Yes. So uh, thank you so much, Jen. And thank you, Jeff, for taking part in this as well. But thank you, Jen. And we, we certainly wish you all the best. One time or another, a lot of lighthouse organizations go through things along these lines. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> happening at several places right now, including uh, Point No Point, where Jeff Jeff works uh, in Washington and over here in New Hampshire. We had a terrible storm before Christmas, mm -hmm. did some damage at our local lighthouse near Portsmouth, New Hampshire here, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, hopefully these things don't happen uh, with so much regular regularity going forward, but it's, all, it's something we all have to address and, and think about. There's There will be ongoing conversations about mm -hmm. preparing and so forth. But uh, for the short term, just good luck with the recovery uh, from what happened. And good luck with the, the weather there. I hope the rain stops really soon. <laughs> Me too. And keep in mind, Jen, that uh, you're now part of history. You had those two rogue waves in the past. You now are personally uh, connected to the one of the probably the biggest that have hit the lighthouse and you were in the lantern room. That's unprecedented. <laughs> what a moment. Well, <laughs> well, I think I think Jen was already part of the history there very much. That's true. So. But yeah. you're part of the storm history, which is really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much, Jen. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. And thanks for getting the word out about uh, about it, because it's the more the more eyes we can get on it, you know, the more funds we can raise and things like that. So we really appreciate the U.S. Lighthouse Society taking the time for this. You can learn more about Point Cabrillo Lighthouse at pointcabrillo.org. That's P-O-I-N-T-C-A-B-R-I-L-L-O dot O-R-G. And you can also make a donation through the site. After the recent damage, of course, every dollar is important to the Point Cabrillo Lightkeepers Association. I want to thank Jen Lewis again and also Jeff Gales for taking part in the conversation. Be sure to check out uslhs.org to learn about all the things the U.S. Lighthouse Society offers. If you listen through Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us, and please share a word of this podcast on social media. As always, to our regular listeners and our new ones, thank you so much for listening, and keep a good light. I'm